on the morning of Thursday, July 20th, 1995, a woman placed a call to 911. Speaking in a calm and composed manner, she informed the dispatcher that her adopted daughter was nowhere to be found. Following the oddly calm distress call, a substantial number of police officers and volunteers descended upon the hilltop neighborhood of Tacoma, Washington to search for the little girl. The focal point of their efforts was the nearby Target store. Despite their exhaustive search that lasted several hours on that fateful Thursday, they found no trace of her. Naturally, the authorities turned their attention to the person who reported the young girl missing. However, rather than providing clarity, the questioning only deepened the mystery, raising far more questions than answers. This peculiar turn of events transformed the case into one of the most extraordinary and enigmatic incidents in the history of the Pacific Northwest. Each attempt to move forward seemed to result in setbacks, leaving investigators with a frustrating investigation that remains unsolved to this very day. This is the case of Lenoria Jones. Lenoria Jones was born on January 3, 1992, in Spokane, Washington. From birth, her life was a struggle. Due to the presence of cocaine in her system, Lenoria was already battling a troubled beginning. She was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder at a very young age. Typically, the usual practice for doctors is to diagnose it much later in childhood, usually around the age of seven. However, children born with cocaine exposure often receive an early diagnosis. This led to Lenoria being medicated for the majority of her young life. Right from the start, Lenoria's relationship with her parents seemed tenuous at best. The identity of her father remains unknown to this day, at least in the public realm. While Lenoria had some familiarity with her mother, Deidre Jones, they were not particularly close and never lived in the same house. And that would be for a very specific reason. According to the Washington Department of Social and Health Services, Lenoria's biological mother battled cocaine addiction. In the months preceding Lenoria's birth, her mother was facing multiple charges related to the transportation of the substance. At the time of giving birth, Jones was facing the possibility of spending several years in jail. But she luckily received an accelerated sentence of one year and 18 months of community supervision. It is possible that this decision was made with the intention of giving Deidre an opportunity to get herself clean and assume a maternal role for her newborn daughter. But she didn't seem to think the same way. Shortly after Lenoria's birth, Jones relinquished her parental rights to her newborn daughter. Deidre Jones subsequently abandoned the responsibility of her community supervision and relocated from Spokane to Arkansas where she would reside for the next few years. Lenoria, having been removed from her mother's care at birth, became a ward of the state. Over the following couple of years, she would experience placements within the foster system, staying with various relatives. This included two aunts, two great aunts, and her maternal grandparents. Nevertheless, 
Lenoria would eventually discover a place she could consider as her home. During the summer of 1994, Lenoria found a new home with her great-aunt, Berlian Williams, who was technically the sister of Lenoria's mother. Berlin had spent her formative years in a devoutly religious household in Mississippi, but later relocated to Washington in her early adulthood. Initially, she resided with her brother Frank and his wife, Annie Jones, in Spokane. Frank and Annie were the parents of Lenoria's mother. However, Berlin eventually married and established her own household, welcoming the arrival of three daughters in quick succession. Natasha, Narissa, and Ulisa Johnson. Afterward, Berlin went through a divorce and relocated to Tacoma on the western side of the state. There, she married again and gave birth to her fourth child, Maurice Williams, who happened to be her only son. Around the time of Lenoria Jones's birth in 1992, Berlin resided in Tacoma specifically in the neighborhood of Hilltop. Historically, a predominantly black neighborhood, Hilltop has experienced considerable racial diversity in recent decades. However, it was once notorious for its high levels of gang violence. The presence of the Hilltop Crips, one of North America's most violent gangs during the 1980s, dominated the streets and facilitated drug trafficking throughout Hilltop and its surrounding areas. This reputation preceded the neighborhood, but its notoriety was further amplified by an infamous shootout in 1989 involving army rangers. Although hundreds of rounds were discharged during the incident, fortunately, no serious injuries or fatalities occurred. But the incident did trigger a significant crackdown on criminal activities. Pierce County and the state of Washington intensified their focus on Hilltop, taking stringent measures, not only against the Hilltop Crips, but also targeting other gangs, as well as less organized criminal networks and individuals. A heightened police presence was established throughout Hilltop, gradually pushing back against the rising tide of gangs and drugs. But this process proved to be slow and arduous, spanning several years. During this period, Berlian resided in Hilltop on the 1900 block of South Sheridan Avenue. She not only lived with her family, but she also operated a daycare center from her home. Berlian's nurturing instincts led to her being a Sunday school teacher at the Maranatha Church of God in Christ. Her affinity for caring for children became evident, and she proved to be a tremendous source of support to her brother, Frank and his wife, during her stay with them. In a subsequent interview with the News Tribune, Frank Jones acknowledged Berlian's natural talent for looking after children, emphasizing the invaluable assistance she provided to their family. Jones's passion for working with children served as an asset when Lenoria moved into her home in July of 1994. Immediately upon welcoming her newly adopted daughter, Berlin initiated the process of obtaining custody. From that point forward, she assumed the role of a mother figure for Lenoria. As Lenoria continued to mature, it became evident that she was a lively and energetic child, gradually developing her unique personality under Berlin's care. Shortly after this, though, 
Tragedy would strike before Berlin even got the official custody papers in the mail. At 9.42 a.m. on the morning of Thursday, July 20th, 1995, Berlin dialed 911. She was calling to report the disappearance of Lenoria during their visit to a target. According to Berlin's account to both the 911 dispatcher and the responding officers, she and Lenoria had been inside Target shopping together. While they were browsing the toy section, Lenoria somehow went missing. Initially, it was believed that Lenoria, being a hyperactive child, had wandered off. However, an extensive search conducted by the police within the Target store and its surroundings yielded no signs of the young girl. Lenoria seemed to have vanished without a trace. To gather potential evidence or clues about Lenoria's whereabouts or the direction she might have taken, the authorities decided to review the surveillance footage from the Target store. During the examination of the tapes, they made a startling discovery. If you remember, Berlin told the responding officers that she was with Lenoria inside the Target before she disappeared. Contrary to her story, though, the surveillance footage revealed that Berlin had entered the store alone without Lenoria by her side. As the police continued to comb over the footage, they saw that Lenoria did not appear on the surveillance tapes at any point throughout that day. It would appear that Berlin was not telling the true story. At this point, the investigators began to suspect that Berlin had done something foul. They began an extensive round of questioning with her that only brought about more questions and frustration. She was confronted with the fact that the video showed Lenoria wasn't with her at the store. Her statement was, well, maybe she wasn't with me, said Jim Mathias, the spokesman for the Tacoma Police Department. That's the kind of... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill sketchy information we're getting, we've been unable to substantiate her story. Her story has continuously changed. These are really suspicious circumstances. It could be that the girl wandered off, but there's also a good possibility she met with foul play. On that day, search and rescue teams swiftly assembled near the vicinity where Lenoria was last seen. They utilized the parking lot of Bellarmine Prep a nearby private Catholic school, as a base for their rescue vehicles. Simultaneously, the police conducted a thorough search of Berlian's residence in the Hilltop neighborhood. Despite their efforts, no compelling evidence or any clues regarding Lenoria's current location were discovered during the search of Berlian's home. During the police investigation, as Berlian was being questioned, Officers also interviewed her daughters, who resided in the same household with Berlin and Lenoria. Unfortunately, the daughters who were present at home on that morning couldn't provide substantial information. 
One of them mentioned seeing Lenoria asleep at around 6.30 a.m., while another stated that Belian had left the residence with Lenoria approximately an hour and a half later, around 8 a.m. However, through conversations with Belian's daughters, the police uncovered an intriguing detail. It was revealed that Berlin had actually called one of her daughters at around 8.47 a.m. During this conversation, Berlin told her that Lenoria was missing. This information stood out as it indicated that Berlin had made this report an hour before contacting 911 and informing the authorities about Lenoria's disappearance. It was even before their visit to Target. The circumstances surrounding this inconsistent timeline raised doubts and uncertainties. For the police, it created a puzzling aspect of the case where they could not get an established timeline of events leading up to when Lenoria disappeared. That confusion would linger for weeks as the police continued their missing child investigation. Around 100 individuals actively participated in the search that afternoon, extensively combing the area surrounding the Target store where Lenoria was reported missing. Despite the extensive efforts, there was no trace of Lenoria to be found anywhere. The following day, Berlin was summoned for further questioning, which took place from approximately 11 in the morning until 9 p.m. During this extended interrogation, Berlin's account appeared to change once again, causing confusion and frustration among the police investigators. Tacoma police spokesman Jim Mathis addressed the press that evening and dropped a crucial detail about Berlin's questioning. According to Mathis, Berlin revealed that she knew the whereabouts of Lenoria, but was unable to disclose any details beyond that admission. Earlier on the same day, the Department of Social Health Services decided to suspend the license of Berlin's daycare center, named God's Wonderful World of Colors. Throughout the weekend, the police diligently continued their efforts on the case, but unfortunately, they were unable to uncover any clues or leads regarding the whereabouts of the missing child. Then, on the evening of July 23, 1995, Lenoria's family decided to address the public for the first time. They organized a small press conference held in front of Berlin's residence in the Hilltop neighborhood. During the press conference, Berlin's daughters stood up to defend their mother. They explained to the press that Berlin's inconsistent statements were a result of her deep concern and worry for her missing niece. They further clarified that, during the intense questioning sessions with investigators, Berlin had been overwhelmed with nervousness. It was important to note that the relationship between the predominantly black community of Hilltop and the police in Tacoma had been marked by adversity and tension. Given these circumstances, Berlin's daughters believed that their mother's anxiety and apprehension during the police investigation were understandable reactions in the context of the community's history with law enforcement. In addition to defending Berlin, Lenoria's family members publicly asserted that the young girl had been abducted. Narissa Johnson, one of Berlin's daughters, provided her account of the events at Target. According to Narissa, Lenoria had accompanied Berlin to the store. While there, Lenoria expressed her desire for a toy. 
At some point during their visit, Lenoria was no longer by Belian's side. Nerissa claimed that Belian immediately began searching for her missing niece and contacted family members shortly thereafter. When she still couldn't find her, Belian then placed a call to 911. Berlian voluntarily offered to undergo another interview with the police, making it the third time she would be questioned. Law enforcement officials confirmed their intention to interview Berlian once again and expressed their plan to interview and re-interview other members of her family. The family members concluded the conference by making a heartfelt plea to the public for assistance in locating Lenoria, who had been missing for over three days at that point. During the initial stages of the investigation, a prominent theory discussed by both the police and the media was the possibility of a family member being involved in Lenoria's abduction. After Berlin had a hearing with the Department of Social and Health Services, a spokesperson told a news publication that more than one person is interested in custody. The fact that Berlin's custody of Lenoria was being contested at the time of her disappearance fueled speculation that a disgruntled family member may have taken matters into their own hands. Law enforcement initially tried to locate Lenoria's biological mother, who they believed resided in Texas. However, it was later discovered that she actually lived in Arkansas, prompting investigators to reach out to the police in Star City to make contact with her. Deidre Jones had spent a year in jail following her daughter's birth, and subsequently completed 18 months of community supervision in the Spokane area. Then, she vanished and failed to comply with the necessary reporting requirements, resulting in an arrest warrant being issued for her in Washington. Ultimately, she ended up in Star City, Arkansas, where she was residing at the time of Lenoria's disappearance. Local police conducted an investigation at Deidre's residence, but found no evidence linking her to Lenoria's whereabouts. The FBI also participated in the case, conducting interviews with Deidre, her relatives and acquaintances in the area. Based on the evidence available, the agents did not believe that Deidre Jones was involved in Lenoria's disappearance nor did they find any indication that the incident was related to a custody dispute. From the outset, a theory has persisted in this case, suggesting that Lenoria's great-aunt may have been aware of what happened to her. This notion emerged immediately within the first hour of Lenoria's disappearance. While audio is hard to find, law enforcement officials maintain that Berlin Williams's 911 call conveyed a sense of indifference. Apart from Berlin's tone, which we can only rely on the account of the Tacoma Police Department, investigators assert that the call itself contains significant inconsistencies. Then, during the spring of 1996, Investigators turned their attention to Lenoria's maternal grandparents, Frank and Annie Jones. Prior to Lenoria's disappearance, Frank and Annie had been engaged in a custody battle for her and had been outspoken in urging the police to charge Berlin with something. In a new round of questioning, 
Investigators traveled to Spokane to conduct further interviews with the Joneses, who had already been previously interviewed. They were also asked to undergo polygraph tests. Although authorities maintained that they were simply wrapping up another round of interviews in their efforts to reignite the investigation, many perceived it as a repetitive exercise, repeating the same steps with hopes of a different outcome. Subsequently, media coverage of Lenoria, Berlin, and those connected to their lives seemed to dwindle. As the days went by, public interest in the story of a missing black girl from Hilltop, Washington was just not a priority. Lenoria's case faded into the background, only occasionally mentioned in passing or as a reference to another event. To this day, we still have no idea what happened to her, and it seems like very few people care. 